Welcome to Know Your Bible, a program presented by the Churches of Christ and devoted to helping you understand God's Word. The Bible is a book inspired by God and it contains answers to your questions. The Bible reveals Jesus and explains His sacrifice, contains God's plan for the family, and timeless principles of parenting. Also has the truth about life and death. The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Good morning. Welcome back to Know Your Bible. Glad you're here. Glad you're ready to study the Bible with us. And that's what we intend to do for the next 30 minutes is try to answer as many of your questions as we can. If you happen to be a new viewer or just stumbled onto this and wondered what Know Your Bible is all about, uh, it's a program that tries to help people know their Bible a little bit better. And we're a little different than most religious TV programs because we don't tell you what we think you need to know. Uh, we let you tell us what you'd like to know. And uh, we found that works pretty good over the years. We get all kinds of questions and questions we would never think about, but it's things that people wonder about the Bible. Uh, maybe you've heard a doctrine or something you think, is that really in the Bible? Uh, or maybe something going on in your life that you wonder, what's the Bible have to say about that? What would be some good advice from God about what's going on here? Uh, we'll try to find an answer to those kind of questions too. So at the end of it, we hope you know your Bible a little bit better. So phone number and a website are at the bottom of the screen. Use those anytime to get in touch with us and let us try to help you know your Bible. And when I say we, that's me and Toby Levering. Good morning, Toby. Hi, Steve. Glad you're back and ready to go here. Um, got a lot of good questions, but we always start with one for our viewers. Let them see if they know a little bit of Bible information. Moses and Aaron had a sister. Do you know who she was? Most people know <laughs> Moses. Everybody knows Moses, I guess. <laughs> he looks just like Charlton Heston. Yeah, uh, like and then he had a brother <laughs> named Aaron, and he also had a sister. And we're looking for the sister's name. We'll give you the answer to that at the end of the program. All right, I think you get the first one I today, do. so yep. charge on. A viewer would like to know, can one celebrate holidays in the church? Well, uh, of course, you read through the Bible. The Bible doesn't give us much instruction, let alone mentioning of the holidays that we celebrate in our modern culture, like, oh, Christmas and Thanksgiving and Memorial Day and Labor Day and birthdays and all of those kind of things. Uh, is that okay? Some people look and say, well, the Bible doesn't prescribe anything uh, on that, give us instruction, so we ought to abstain. And others say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. We know, of course, the Bible mentioned that there were several celebrations and annual days that the Israelites celebrated, Passover and Pentecost and uh, different things like that. And, and uh, there was some uh, a little bit of controversy concerning special days, if you will, uh, as Christians uh, in the first century came out of paganism and uh, they knew the the meaning of the holidays of the the special days and uh, had some concerns about whether they could in good conscience uh, celebrate and so forth so um, I, I think there's a couple things to consider uh, speaking generally to the subject of of celebrating a holiday or celebration um, is there any does does the the holiday itself promote any sort of false teaching or immorality or anything that 
Christians shouldn't participate in or believe uh, as part of their Christian walk. And if it does, then certainly that's something that, you know, we can't do something that directly violates what we're instructed uh, as we're instructed in the New Testament. The second consideration is, uh, does celebrating any way detract from your witness? Does a person say, well, uh, how can they believe this and, and celebrate that? And, and that's the, the other consideration. So we have to give thought to our witness and, and so forth. With those two consider, considerations in mind, and those are strong considerations to keep in mind, I think generally it's a matter of personal conscience. Uh, we can read Romans chapter 14, told you that talked a little bit about this in Scripture, and uh, verses 5 and 6, Paul writes, One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to, the, to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So uh, I'm going to say, as Paul did, you should be fully convinced in your own mind, uh, giving considerations to whether it uh, a, a, a promotes false doctrine or any immoral behavior, and if it affects your witness in a negative way, where people who are watching you might be drawn not to Christ because of that uh, participation. I can't think of any holidays that would cause us to do that, but it, it does uh, encourage us to give thought to our ways, and I think that's good advice for any Christian. Uh, be fully convinced in your own mind, and whatever you do, do unto the Lord. All right, thank you. Viewer wants to know, what's God think about interracial relationships? Well, my first response would be to say he doesn't think about them at all. Uh, he ignores them. He doesn't pay attention to them. Uh, but then I thought a little bit more. I thought, well, God knows about them. He knows everything. He knows how many hairs are on your head, so he knows what color your skin is. Uh, but I, from the Bible information, God doesn't think about interracial relationships the way we do because the Bible doesn't even talk about race. Uh, people can't believe that sometimes when you say it, but it just talks about the human race. Now it talks about different religions and different tribes and, and some of that, but race is not a topic in the Bible. He made mankind. He made humans uh, is the way it talks about it. And in all of the Bible stories there's no mention of race. For instance, when Philip was told to go preach uh, to the treasurer, uh, the treasurer was, it mentions he was from Ethiopia. Uh, very likely, doesn't say it, but very likely he was a black man. He was from Africa. The uh, Bible doesn't even mention it. Now today we've made such a big deal out of interracial relationships that that would be the lead story. You know, a Jew named Philip meets with an African American, African uh, from Ethiopia. The Bible doesn't even go there. It just says there's two men. One's from Ethiopia, one's Philip, and he teaches him the gospel. Okay, what the Bible does talk about, what God is concerned about in relationships, is your spiritual condition. The Bible does talk about that. Uh, not the condition of your skin or the color of your skin, but the condition of your heart. Let me read you the verse that talks about our guide for relationships, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse starting in verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. This is advice for Christians. 
don't be tied together closely in some kind of close relationship, business relationship, professional relationship, uh, marriage relationship, dating relationship. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. Four, what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial or Satan? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Okay, so there's the advice on relationship. Don't get closely linked together. Don't be yoked together. Uh, don't date an unbeliever. Uh, don't form a business partnership with an unbeliever. Believers and unbelievers have different values. So that's what God's concerned about, not the outward, what we look like, uh, but what we believe in or don't believe in. So what's God think about interracial, interracial relationships? I don't think he thinks about them at all. Okay, uh, good answer. Next uh, question a viewer poses is, did Adam have a wife before Eve named Lilith? And the answer to that is solidly no, he did not. Um, and in fact, when we look at Genesis, we can see that very clearly. Now, I will say, before we look at the biblical verse, there is a mythological account of a woman named Lilith. But as far as what's in the Bible, and that's all we deal with on this program, uh, the, the, the first woman, uh, her name was Eve. And now we can look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. And the scripture simply says this, The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Okay, to me, that title very significantly conveys the idea that Eve was the first, uh, that she uh, was the mother of all who lived, and and all human beings at some point trace their ancestry back to, to Adam and Eve. So uh, an account outside of the Bible of Lilith is uh, mythological, and the Bible doesn't mention uh, such a woman at all. But Genesis chapter 3, verse 20 tells us that it was, in fact, Eve, and she was the mother of all the living. <coughs> all righty, thank you. Uh, I'll talk just a moment about a good way to study the Bible. We do study the Bible with you for 30 minutes, and uh, some of our questions are pretty important, and some of them are kind of trivial and mm -hmm. mythological like <laughs> Lilith. Uh, you don't need to know much about Lilith to get by <laughs> in this world, but uh, we talk about them because people ask. But uh, we want you to know more about your Bible. And we've got some free Bible study material <coughs> that we're happy to send you that help you know more about your Bible. Uh, we talk about this for just a little while each week and uh, advocate home Bible study. And we know that's easy for some folks. They've been doing it for years and they have their routine and they spend a lot of time on their Bible. And it's hard for some folks that uh, haven't learned that habit or discipline or figured out how to do it yet. Uh, these lessons help some people do that. Not for everybody, but some people really like them. Uh, almost everybody that signs up for them really likes them. But there's eight lessons in this first one. And look at the first two there, the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's where you start. Well, you learn what those two big divisions of your Bible are, and you know your Bible a lot better. And then you go on through the other eight lessons, and uh, you learn quite a bit about the Bible by the time you're done. And when you're done, uh, we've got a handsome certificate for you that will get to you. And then we also have more advanced courses uh, or other courses 
that you can go into more depth in the Bible and you can keep learning things about the Bible for a long time with Know Your Bible Study tools. So happy to get that started for you. All you got to do is phone, uh, use that phone number or that website, say you want that free course, and we'll get you one. So sign up and study with us. All right, viewer wants to know, why do churches of Christ call themselves non-denominational? Well, the simple answer to that is because we think we are a non-denominational group of Christians. Uh, but since the viewer asked it, I'm going to guess, and sometimes we have to do that on questions here. Maybe this viewer just wonders what non-denominational means. Uh, but I'm going to assume that the viewer takes a little issue with that and is kind of skeptical and thinks we are a denomination, maybe. Uh, so let me talk about that from that point of view. Here's a definition from a dictionary of some sort I found that describes what a denomination is. It says a religious denomination is a subgroup within a religion that operates under a common name, tradition, and identity. Okay, so the religion would be Christianity, and this definition says that a subgroup of that religion is the churches of Christ, and if you think we're a denomination, that we operate under a common name, tradition, and identity. Okay, and I will agree that in some ways we do that. Uh, most churches of Christ uh, put that on their sign out in front of their building. Uh, this is a church of Christ. Uh, we have kind of a common tradition and we have kind of a common identity because we teach pretty much the same things. Now, if you travel from congregation to congregation, you'll find a lot of differences in the way people do things and what their traditions are and uh, some of the way they identify themselves. You'll find a lot of differences. Uh, the point of non-denominational is that we don't want to denominate ourselves. We, we got to have something to call ourselves so we can put some sign and be a legal body. Uh, but we don't want to separate ourselves as somebody special. We just want to be Christ church. We want to be Christians only. And one way that you can see that we're not denominational is we don't have any headquarters. Uh, there's no place you can write or go to to address the churches of Christ. Uh, we don't have a headquarters. We don't have any hierarchy. Uh, we don't have any creed that you can read. Uh, we don't have a governing system that says this. you've got to all do it this way. Uh, that doesn't exist. Uh, this program is produced by the Northside Church of Christ and our elders decide what we do and how we do it, and nobody can tell us anything else. There's no denominational headquarters. Now, there are other churches of Christ. In fact, we advertise some here on this program. I'll advertise one in a little while uh, that think like we do, study the Bible like we do, call themselves a church of Christ, uh, and they may support this program. They think we're doing good work, and they'll help us a little bit with it. Uh, but they can't tell us what to do. We can't tell them what to do. So we're very different in almost every way from what a traditional denomination is. A denomination says we want to name ourselves something and be different than all these other denominations. All we want to do is be Christ's church. We want to restore the New Testament church. 
Um, and that kind of name would be fine out front, but we call ourselves Churches of Christ usually. So, okay, so hopefully that explains non-denominational and denominational, and we think we are non-denominational, and we strive to be non-denominational. Okay, uh, somebody's been watching you, Steve, and they asked this question, why do you... <laughs> Still not keep the Ten Commandments, in particular the Sabbath. So I don't know how they know this about your life, but I'm speaking kind of tongue-in-cheek there. We get this question on occasion, and uh, we kind of know where it comes from. So I answer your question with a question. And my question to you is, why do you not keep all 611 commands? Uh, the Ten Commandments are part of the Old Testament law, and by some count there were 611 commands, uh, not just the Ten Commands. The Ten are the ones that we are probably the most famous, and they uh, kind of uh, form a pretty solid moral code, but there were a lot of other commands in there. Um, and I'd say if you're, if you're big on keeping the Ten Commandments um, and finding your righteousness in that, the problem is, is there were 601 other commands that were included in the old law that if that's where you're going to find righteousness and the means by which you're going to achieve it, you can make your best effort at it. But um, we haven't seen anyone yet who's had a very good success rate with that, which is why God sent his son to not abolish the law, but to fulfill the requirements of the law that we might have righteousness through him and him alone. And now uh, people will say, well, you don't keep the Ten Commandments. Well, I've never heard this. Well, of course, all the commands, uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, nine of those are repeated under the covenant of Christ. And uh, in fact, they go farther than the law. Uh, it's not just don't commit adultery. Jesus says you got to address lust. you got to address how you look at the members of the opposite sex. Uh, so he, he goes deeper into the matters of the, the heart and goes beyond just uh, uh, simple law keeping. So we are under the New Testament. We're under the New Covenant. And uh, that means that uh, we obey the, the new laws because we're saved by grace through Jesus Christ. And it's through Him and His commands and what He taught that we live under today. Now, the concern here with the people who ask this question is the Sabbath keeping the Sabbath day and, and keeping it holy. And of course, under the new law, uh, Christians moved the day of the week to the first day of the week with the day when Jesus rose, um, the day when uh, he came out of the tomb. And we uh, not only can look at different verses, Acts chapter 20, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 16, and understand and see that the Christians began to meet and to worship regularly on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. So um, that's why we keep the that uh, why we worship on the first day of the week uh, and not keeping the Sabbath, which was part of the old law written to the Jewish people at that time. So, hope that helps you understand. Uh, let's look at Colossians chapter 3, I'm sorry, 1, verse 16, 17. Let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And because he fulfilled the requirements of the law, uh, we can have righteousness through him and not the commands. All right. You led right into my next one, and that's why I put it here, because it reinforces what you just said. Uh, this viewer said, specifically, what does the Bible teach about what we can eat or not eat? Okay. Uh, once again, we say almost every week, when you study the correspondence courses that we have, the free Bible study materials, first thing you learn is the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
So this viewer says, what's the Bible say? Well, my answer is the Old Testament says one thing, and the New Testament says something else, and you've got to understand the difference between those two Testaments. The Old Testament was written for the Jews, for God's chosen people, and then the New Testament is written for Christians today, and uh, we follow the New Testament. Old Testament is good to study. We learn a lot from it. We're not bound by it, however. Okay, so what's it say about what we can eat? The Old Testament is full of rules. A lot of those 611 mm-hmm. were about what you could eat and couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. Called them clean and unclean. Uh, our theory is we think most of those laws were uh, having to do with health and sanitation and all that. We've learned a lot these days. We know if you take pork and don't refrigerate it properly or don't cook it properly, you can get sick real easy. It's more prone to that than other meats. So God prohibited them eating pork. He said that's unclean. Uh, So maybe it was a lot for health and safety reasons, but the Old Testament's full of dietary rules. Don't eat this, don't eat that, don't eat this together. A lot of it, I think, was just teaching them holiness and God is sovereign and do what he says. But then you get to the New Testament and it doesn't say that. It's not mentioned. In fact, it specifically mentions the difference because a lot of people raised under the old law who became Christians said, well, do I have to still keep eating this or not eating this? And so the apostles taught about it. So here's one in Mark chapter uh, 7. Let's read it together. Uh, Jesus made a pronouncement about what goes into a man and what comes out and all that. And he said, don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? And Mark put in parentheses and said, whoa, when Jesus said that, he declared all foods clean. Okay. So Jesus was saying, okay, we're coming to the New Testament time. Uh, What you put in doesn't make you unclean. Okay. Under the old law, you had to learn that. You had to stay safe and healthy and follow God's laws. Under the new law, no. That doesn't have anything to do with it. Here's the other one, just a quick summary of what Toby read a moment ago, Colossians 3.16. Paul's specifically discussing this, and he was talking about what you can eat and what you can't. And he said, don't let anybody judge you about food or drink. That's not part of the deal anymore. That's not important anymore. Under the old law, yes, you had to be judged about that. New law, no. So what's the Bible say? Today... It says there are no dietary restrictions. Now, if you want to, some people say, follow the Old Testament laws and you'll be a lot more healthy. Okay. If you want to go on that diet, fine. I've seen people try to find Bible grains and bread made out of Bible grains and things like that. And if that makes them more healthy, that's fine. Uh, That's okay. But what Paul's saying here in Colossians 3.16 is, you can't tell other people, hey, you got to eat this. <laughs> you can't eat that. Uh, no dietary restrictions in the New Testament. Okay, helps you. hope you, that helps understand that one. Uh, let me take this moment and invite you to visit a Church of Christ near you. We do this every week because we're produced by Churches of Christ. and like to thank some of them, and occasionally we mention the home church of Know Your Bible, and that's what we're doing today. Uh, the Northside Church of Christ is where Toby and I both attend. Uh, Always happy to have visitors drop in and tell us they watch Know Your Bible. Love to meet them. Uh, We get that just 
pretty regularly. So if you're ever in the Wichita area and uh, drop in on Sunday morning, we'd be happy to visit with you a bit. If you're looking for a church home, yeah, you couldn't find a better one than the North Side Church of Christ. Great bunch of folks. Uh, obviously think and study about the Bible just like we do here on this program and uh, you'd be warmly welcomed any time. So whatever you're marketing in, visit the Church of Christ sometime. Tell them you heard about them on Know Your Bible. All right, Toby. Okay, have you ever asked why don't Jehovah's Witnesses celebrate Christmas? And uh, it is really not our goal on this program to examine what everyone else believes. Um, but we got the question, and so I just went to the Jehovah's Witnesses website, and they answer it directly on there. And their answer to the question is uh, they believe, one, Jesus commanded that we commemorate his death and not his birth. Um, they believe that Jesus' apostles and early disciples did not celebrate. And uh, they said there was no proof that December 25th was the date of his actual birth, and his birth date is not in the Bible. And they <clears throat> state that we believe that Christmas is not approved by God because it's rooted in pagan customs and rites. Okay, well, that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe. Now, uh, what does the Bible say about that? Well, uh, to speak to their point about the December 25th, they are right. There is not a uh, December 25th is not uh, listed in the Bible as the date on which Jesus was born. We don't know when Jesus was born. And I believe God did that for a reason because human beings tend to sort of miss the forest for the trees when we know all the details. And uh, I think the point is not when he was born, but that he was born. Now the question logically is, uh, is it all right for Christians to celebrate? Um, and uh, I personally don't see a problem with people uh, you know, telling the birth story and talking about it and focusing on a pretty good chunk of the Bible story, certainly in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, uh, to refocus on what the Bible says. That's a wonderful and fine thing to do. Uh, but uh, again, uh, there's more to Jesus than just the baby. Uh, there was a, a he grew up to a man who lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death, and he rose, which is to me the most important fact of his of his coming to earth uh, three days later. And so, um, I think it's fine to focus on it and and celebrate it. Uh, you know, you need to be fully convinced in your own mind about uh, these things, of course. But um, as long as you understand the Bible doesn't give us an exact date. Don't see a problem with it, but that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe, and uh, uh, I hope I got that correct. You got it answered. <laughs> All right, quick one here. Viewer wants to know, does the Bible say we don't have angels anymore? I'm going to guess that the viewer means, well, the angels appeared to Mary and to Abraham and to the women at the tomb, uh, and we don't have that happen anymore. Well, let me point out, those few examples I gave you are about all you can find in the Bible. Angels appearing to men in a physical form is a very, very rare occasion. Uh, so that doesn't seem to happen much anymore, but it didn't happen very often ever. Uh, angels still exist. They serve us somehow, just not in a visible way. Let's read one verse that makes that clear, and that's Hebrews 1.14. says, Are they, he's talking about angels, not ministering spirits sent out to serve uh, for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? They serve us some way. We just don't see them. They're an unseen 
uh, force. So yes, we still have angels. They just don't appear physically very often, uh, ever. Uh, but we hadn't seen one in a long time that I know of. Okay, name the sisters of Moses and Aaron is our trivia question today. And her name was Miriam, uh, famous for watching beside the, the river until Pharaoh's daughter came along. All right, all time today, but we're glad you've been with us. And we're going to be back next week for more of your questions. Till then, you have a great week. Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area. Churches of Christ are non-denominational, and each congregation is an independent group of Christians seeking to do God's will. Our goal is simple New Testament Christianity. We follow the Bible as our only guide. Contact us with any questions, and we encourage you to visit a Church of Christ near you.